Welcome to the Conversation Pit. Anywho, uh, just gonna jump right into it. Uh, I'd like to have a warm and fantastic welcome for the guest for today's show. And it is the lovely Joyce from her channel, Type Talks. Uh, thanks, thanks again, Joyce, for, uh, for coming out today, actually. This is pretty awesome. I'm so fortunate to be here, Nate. I love your podcast. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, did you manage to get some adequate rest before we j- dived into this one? Or what's the deal? You know all those nights when you just stay, like, you lay in bed, but you don't sleep? You're, like, you're awake, but you're trying to sleep. <laughs> that was Is, has that like, been what's been happening lately? Yeah, so what happened is I got my back pushed in by my brother yesterday. And when I get that, ha- like, when that happens, I can't sleep the night of because m- my back still hurts. So then I'm just trying to sleep while in so, pain. So wait, hold on. What has <laughs> your brother been doing to you? <laughs> what? What do you mean your back's been pushed in? Here we are, just Joyce getting injured on the job, I guess. <laughs> so my, my ESTP brother, what he does is he is like my makeshift chiropractor because oh. it's too expensive to go out. But he likes, like, he's kind of rough around the edges when he's pushing in people's backs. So, yeah. Wait, so is he an actual chiropractor, though? Like, this is a thing? Um, He's, like, as good as one. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, like, a chiropractor. I don't know how to process that information you just told me. <laughs> he's as good as one. Okay. <laughs> He's like a chiropractor without insurance, so if he screws up, like, <laughs> no, like, way to fix it. This story gets better and better as you keep talking it. This is great. Oh my goodness. Oh my gosh. I'm just imagining just you being like, okay, my back hurts. Your brother goes, oh, let's fix that for you. And you're like, you know, you're not certified. He's like, that's not the point. <laughs> oh my goodness. I can't. So this has somehow caused a sleep issue. Um, for how long has this, has this sleep been happening? It's just last night. <laughs> ah, well, that's good. At least it's fairly recent. <laughs> I actually, let's put it this way. Well, let's talk about sleep. I mean, sleep for me has been, I, I can't, I found out for myself, I can't do all-nighters. Is that something that you're you can relate to or is are you more of a night owl see i'm a master student so what this is is a i have to be a night owl because i like to write at night so i like to write my uh, paper i don't have the i don't have the stamina for it i actually thought like i've been trying to finish this essay and i was thinking to myself okay we're gonna pull an all-nighter and it hits around midnight and i'm like i've got this i drank a cup of coffee we're gonna make it happen but for some reason, I pass out. It was just gone. Like, I just go to sleep. And I'll be like, oh, well, I guess that sucks. It, it doesn't work. I don't know, for some reason. Like, something, I guess my mind, my body's just used to sleeping at night. Yeah. See, I'm the opposite of you. When I would attend, like, 8 a.m. lectures, I would have to pinch myself to stay awake. Like. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> like, I don't I'm know. I'm more of a morning person. Like, it's the morning that works for me, actually. I I find that my energy levels are at its most freshest in the morning. Maybe that's cliche of me to say, because usually the mornings are so fresh and crisp. But yeah, it's the mornings for me. So. Wow. Do you ever need coffee or are you just a human coffee? Um, the funny thing is, is I do drink coffee, but then I don't really need to, if anything. Uh, I drink it, I think, for the warmth and for the ability to pretend that I'm normal, you know, so that people don't think I'm just wired normally because I wake up happy. Like, I wake up fine and it doesn't often try- you know like when people aren't morning people and then they like hang out with somebody who is such as myself it can cause weirdness because i'm a very perky morning person do you wake up people <laughs> from your perkiness? i wake up singing <laughs> like i'm one of those people like i do power ballads in the bathroom like at 7 a.m so it's and I'm glad that my parents, because I still live with them, obviously, but they they leave for work earlier, like way earlier, like if not before seven. So when I wake up and I go into taking my showers, it I can bust out the speakers, go top volume, and I because I'm alone at the time, so it works in that arrangement. I'm just imagining how it would be if I ever moved out or had a new, had a roommate or like whatever that arrangement's gonna be. It's just gonna be. I feel bad for them, basically. I feel bad for whoever is going to be my fellow person, you know? Yeah, or maybe it's a blessing in disguise where you guys can both sing in the morning. Oh, <laughs> It'll be I find, morning right. If I find another uh, morning person, that would be fantastic. Kid you not, that would be amazing. Although that would also be problematic, I feel. Because I'm now thinking of all... Well, now we're just going to annoy the neighbors, you know? Like, is that a really, is that a good idea to have an, a partner in crime in a situation like this? I feel like that could go terribly wrong, you know? Just sing songs that your neighbors like. <laughs> Here's to, if we knew what our neighbors, <laughs> songs that what our neighbors like. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, for some reason, it's just... I can't do the all-nighter things. I've been trying to see if I can motivate myself to do it. It, it does not compute. I don't know why that's happening with me. Um, do you tend, like, how are you in energy? Like, do you, you find that you, like, you tend to be kind of slow in the morning? Is that what it is? I'm always tired, Nate. <laughs> it's either slightly <laughs> fatigued or, like, so fatigued. <laughs> I don't know what it's like to feel like energized. <laughs> what is that? I don't know why I found that so funny. I'm just imagining you just sliming your way to every activity on your day because you're just so tired all the time. <laughs> Something about it is so funny to me. I mean, okay, this is this is gonna bring up such a funny con or question for me is that it makes it it's a wonder that you have the energy to even do these panels that you do on youtube like it it's actually how do you find the energy for that so i find or, you, energy... or you don't actually is the answer you don't have energy for it you just do it. <laughs> you you see i try to conserve my energy for one or two sentences and then if i just say those <laughs> then the other people talk after and they'll be fine 
<laughs> I, I didn't know how you were going to finish that sentence. You conserve energy for one or two sent. Am I getting you right? Am I hearing this right? One or two sentences? Sis, damn. That is, wow. We Look, got a panel like coming up, right? Like, we have that planned out. That's going to be, like, really exhausting. <laughs> Oh my goodness! I, I feel like my empathy is going for it to you, and I'm going, sis. If I were in your shoes and I didn't have enough energy, I need to have someone needs to needle something, like inject some form of like electric anything. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I just need a Pikachu to to shock me. Oh. So I take it that the electric type is kind of low on your priority of Pokemon types if you were to organize it, huh? Mm, yeah. What What is your favorite type of Pokemon? Oh, I like um like like my go tos are absolutely. And if I were a gym leader, it would be both Ghost or Ice for me. Yes, and why is that? Uh, well, one I like well, personality wise, I like leaving a minimal impact. Like I like to be a wisp that disappears. Um, and then I'm also cold. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, I, it's... <laughs> yeah, I can see that. It, it's no, just, like, it's... actually, I really it's... like the cold. I really do. Like, actually, like weather-wise, and like all of that kind of atmosphere, ambiance, everything. I like a winter-esque thing. To me, that's fascinating. To me, I'm not really the tro- Like, I was born in the tropics, but it's not my first choice. If that makes sense. We- so, like, how much do you like, like, the cold? Like, are you, like, do, do you just like, like, winter? Or or do you like, like, running up Mount Everest in your boxers? Like, like what is your level of I do want to try. We have a thing in Vancouver. Like, remember the polar bear swim? Right? Like, have you heard of that, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I I, that's so. one of my bucket list things. Like, I want to try that, where you run in your swim, like, in your trunks and into the cold winter ocean because why not but then i you can't really do it right now with because of covid but it's definitely on my list somewhere i hope i don't get sick from it though because my tolerance for my tolerance for the cold it's funny because like i like it but i'm also nervous because i don't want to get sick however how much do i like the cold if i ever retire when i retire let's put it this way the choices would either be uh anything in the south of europe versus a cabin in the territories up north like yukon northwestern none of it i want a place in one of those i i thought that you were just gonna say that you're like the ice type is a metaphor for the state of your heart but you actually really do like oh winter. i mean that i, I do <laughs> well isn't it ironic too because my personality doesn't really give off this cold i mean i don't think that i do especially with how i talk right like i don't really feel like i come off uninviting or unapproachable at least this is how i'm in translating my energy level is what i feel yeah you are really energetic but the way that you describe your heart to other people <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's it's kind of a running joke now like i know it's definitely something that i've been playing with ever since i started like working with jc about it like we just it's just that whole the when two people who hate humans come together and just talk about whatever it just makes sense at least it's how in my mind it's it works um but of course like in reality obviously you can't just be so hateful all the time like you can't just walk around 
judging everybody because <laughs> it doesn't work. At least that's not how the world works. From you know, yeah, you know what I, mean? I, I know what you mean. I'm realizing how much you like like ice metaphors too, because like you call your feelings a refrigerator about how like you refrigerate feelings. I do. <laughs> I really. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's it's all about um well. Like you said, about conserve conserving your energy for well, just a lot of the things in your day. For me, I conserve my feelings because it's to me that makes the most sense. I don't have a lot of it in a way. Like it just it feels like a finite resource for me. So that's why I I treat it like it's a valuable mm-hmm. thing. Like I don't know how other people do it. Like some people are like, oh, I something's very important to me is time, and I don't want to waste time. Blah blah blah. But for me, I think it's I don't want to waste my feelings. If that makes sense. Yeah. So, what is a clue for someone to know that they're in your feelings? Then, if your feelings are finite. Oh, I tell them. Oh, I tell them. Like you would know. There is no subtlety in me in that sense. Like I will. If you're feeling cold, it's because I want you to feel cold. Like that kind of thing. Like I try. I think before I used to expect people to read my mind. You know, like that immature version of yourself where you think that. Other people should just somehow be a wonderful human observer, as if everyone is like that. But no, like it's um, you realize that you have to kind of if you want people to to know you, you gotta at least one know yourself, and if and if you don't like it, at least give them something to work with, uh, and then they could figure it out. Like I, it's not my job to convince people that I'm one way or another. If they're truly curious, one they'll ask but also i don't really want to burden them also so it just kind of works in that way you just kind of meet them in the middle somehow if that makes sense yeah yeah that's very considerate of you <laughs> to tell people <laughs> <laughs> i mean hey i let's put in the translation of that dramatic little nf little monologue i just did so i'm considerate because i want them to leave me alone <laughs> <laughs> So there is motive. Like I'm not gonna lie, there is a motive and an intention behind the action. So <laughs> that much is true. Gosh, this this episode is gonna be us just laughing and giggling the entire time. Absolutely. <laughs> and it's it's funny how your your second favorite uh, Pokemon type is Ghost because like you're an extrovert and like I, I see Ghost as like <laughs> like a, like fading into the background, but then you're also oh I love it. <laughs> I, I absolutely love it. You know what's crazy? I've also found out. I hate to say it's we're going to talk about me now because this is what this is what happens. Um, but I feel very paradoxical, if that makes any sense. Like I've had, like shout out to Taylor, but Taylor was like, "You're not supposed to exist." And so before I even was like, "Oh no, I'm invalidated," I, I actually laughed when he told me because I'm like, "You're right. Technically, my type shouldn't really exist." It, kind of doesn't make sense it's just contradicting each other constantly you know <laughs> you're hilarious Nate what are the other right, it's, it's of your personality well okay so there's that side of um I you know how you know that uh, that system attitudinal psyche mm-hmm. yeah. if that remember mm-hmm. its name though so that system and I talked about it with Zeke the guy I think who who made it and um, of course, I've talked to like some other folks who got me into it, and it's clear I'm one E, so like first level, like confident emotions. So I always know what I'm feeling, but the problem is that I'm not always as expressive about 
those feelings like it in a way like i i'm more honest about you know like my connections with people and it comes off more cold than warm like i'm not as a like i'm not really that kind of level of i don't know what's the word i'm using but in a way it's like that and then in the enneagram i am my tri type is 739 which is like well it's of the 379 kind of category which is the most disconnected from feelings and identity so it doesn't make sense how you could be both disconnected detached and very familiar with your feelings at the same time you know like it just it doesn't work or at least on paper it doesn't work wow you're you're an interesting case study someone is it yeah, weird? yeah. When, when you die someone's gonna freeze your brain and try to understand what's happening in there I, I can't i it's insane because it's like when when someone like comes off and tells me something like for example like when someone asks like how are you feeling i can tell you exactly how i'm feeling but then people often don't really take it you know at face value because i don't really look it sometimes um unless it's very unless it's a feeling has me very bothered then that's more evident but yeah like i can tell you exactly what i'm feeling um like i can put pinpoint the source and everything but i'm not as expressive so i go about my life like i look like a business like i'm all about all business but then i'm like trying to convince people i'm like no i'm a really emotional person and they're like really <laughs> and i was like i what do you mean of course i'm a, i'm a feeler seriously i've been called a thinker and like more logical and like even my friends was like you're so much more interested in solutions than just listening and empathizing and i'm like really what has ha- what happened to me like i don't i don't know why it's just i, I feel like though that because people were like oh you're not a stereotypical enfp and i'm like i thought that i was you know like i feel like i am if that makes any sense yeah mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't like being different let's put it that way i also don't like being different i don't have the least connection i have is type four that authenticity that different that unique mm-hmm. i don't get it mm-hmm. so what is the stereotypical enfp is it like barfing out rainbows and sunshine which i thought i do <laughs> I thought that's my gig, you know? I thought I run around farting out my rainbows. But apparently I don't do it enough. Because (laughs) people aren't seeing it. So I don't really know. I mean, do you remember that time when I was ranting about how people thought I was like an ENTP or or as an ESFJ? Like some kind of TI. And I'm going, where? Where is the TI? I don't see what everyone's seeing. Yeah. Or what these people are saying. You you being mistyped is just like the community. Like if you've been in the type community for a long time, like you will 100% be mistyped by someone. (laughs) And so like with Azura Psych, you know, like the INTJ of of the type community, someone sent me like a essay on why he's an ENFP. (laughs) And and if you know Azura Psych, he's like the most INTJ, INTJ. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. What, Matt? <laughs> okay, you should have me and him on, and then talk about it because I've had people think that I was a thinker and introverted, mind you. I had an INFP even said to me, "He's like, are you even an extrovert?" And then, because I just, I guess a lot of my philosophies are just more introverted. I mean, I like the ice type and the ghost type in Pokemon, like my go-to choices. But apparently, after about an like, let's say five minutes into talking to him, he's like, "Oh no, you're not an introvert at all." Because I I talk like on Big Five, 
like the test for Big Five, I always score 99, if not 90% above in when it comes to anything related to gregariousness and out external stuff. I don't even have an internal dialogue. Like that's one of my another thing I don't have is you know how people can form words in their in their heads. I can't do that. Yeah, that that is so interesting. You, you are very extroverted, Nate. Like oh. you sing at the top of your lungs. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I had someone say that I was an ESFJ because I wore no, and they're like, it's so sensory of you to wear a shirt with flowers on it. Are you sure you're not an ESFJ? <laughs> Why is that the dis the why why was that the distinction the shirt with flowers, you know I was called a gamma wearing delta <laughs> because I I showed up at Bin's on Bin's channel in his video thing wearing a suit like a leather jacket with like a tie and everything, and I had a bowler cap on and he was the people were like the heck like what's going on and I'm going oh I'm just been comfortable wearing suits all my life like is that some is that wrong? <laughs> like, are we not allowed to wear certain clothes about our type? It makes no sense. I I, I don't understand. I mean, I've accepted that I'm just a walking contradiction and it's just not going to make any sense, but I exist. So somehow it's making sense in this body. So <laughs> I don't even have the TI to explain it. I know it's making sense because I exist and I'm walking around. <laughs> By the way, what Pokemon types are are do you gravitate? To? I like the psychic types. Oh, that is so stereotypical. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing. I feel like that's... <laughs> like okay, okay, psychic types, of course. Stereotypical of course. as an INFJ, go on like, what do you want? Do you want to yeah. be when you grow up? It's like ooh. Yeah. It's like I like to be a flimsy alakazam with my spoons and all that. Actually, wait, what are your what are your go to if you were a psychic gym leader? What are your go to Pokemon that you're gonna list? Espeon, 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 Espeon. I mean, at least you have a favorite. Espeon is pretty cool though. Like that's a really really cool Pokemon. Um, you know what's funny? I actually don't really have a. I'm waiting for a ghost Eevee type. You know. Yeah. I I cannot I don't I don't have one yet. Like it's um the Glaceon isn't really my go-to. Unfortunately, so like I don't really like Glaceon's design. It's cute, but it's not for me. I like all the evolutions. They're precious. Uh well they look like a bunch of what's it, cats slash puppies running mm-hmm. around. Like they have a whole one. Um actually wait, I do have a book that that fits the ice and ghost um Frostlass. That the female um, evolution of Snorunt from what's it, the Sinnoh? I think it's a f- fourth gen mm-hmm. Pokemon. I mm-hmm. think, if I remember correctly, the one that looks like the Yuki on is it the Yuki Ona, the monster that's dressed in a kimono for Japanese mythology? Maybe that one, <laughs> which also sounds great, by the way. Like that's a great background. I'm like, oh yeah, mine wears a kimono and she like floats and stuff. Like that's hear about it actually. <laughs> That makes that that says all the right things for me in my head. Um, yeah, like it's. I mean, do you have another Pokemon type that like you go I, to? Aside I from just like the evolutions, so maybe I like normal types because with normal you can like evolve into any if you're an Eevee. Oh, so you're more of like the imagination behind mm-hmm. it, right? Yeah. yeah. Interesting. 
like a creative type of gym leader. I mean, I'm here for that energy, right? Like just uh yeah, actually no, I not I trying to remember myself. Like there was a site that allowed you to pretty much design what your gym was supposed to not like the gym itself, but what kind of gym leader you would be like. Like you can choose your Pokemon, um, choose what kind of avatar you're gonna pick to like display yourself. It's so cute. Um, I don't even remember what happened. I think Katie was the one who um who showed it to me. I don't remember what the site was again. But it was, yeah, I make, I, it was an ice ghost gym leader. I couldn't pick between just one primary um, type. It was had to be both for me. Oh, cool. So you'd be like a mixed gym leader. Like if they had it in the future, it's not just one one type, but two. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, if they were a challenge, they have to know. Like, and I wouldn't, I don't know. Like I've been just, thinking about strategizing how I would be as a gym leader, like, I would love to have um, my faster ones would be, like, Gengar, which is he's really fast. Um, and then I'd have, what's the other ghost? I like Chandelure, that Chandelier-looking one. Because um, I think that's really cool. It's kind of a nice little, you know, ghost fire versus my typical ice, just to throw people off, you know? Like, they're like, what? Like, where did that come from? I'm like, yeah. Uh, things like that. And for my ice types, I would have, I would like an Obama snow. I feel like that's cute. <laughs> like throw down, like a good old, and cause you know, like people might assume, like, I don't know. I was just thinking like how someone might, um, I'm just trying to think about it. Cause it's like, I'm going to have at least one dragon somewhere, like a ghost dragon or an ice dragon. I don't remember though, which one that is, but just to throw people off. So they can have something to like wonder about. They're like, oh my goodness, this is actually a hard gym leader. I'm like, yeah, obviously. Because we're very passionate about our Pokemon types. Clearly in this episode. Yeah, We've thought about yeah, it. Gotta catch them all. I have that mentality with uh, personality <laughs> types. I want to catch them all. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. So Nate, you talked about how you love like ice and like winter i was wondering like what's your favorite winter time activity oh oh gosh um first of all i really love the idea of taking a like a getaway to a winter cabin situation like isolated from from the majority of the people like i want to have like i just want to hang out with friends in a nice really nice cabin you know like it's just where everyone can chill out and talk and have a good time and probably share some drinks by the fireplace like a furnace even um and then move up move on from there to like snowmobile skiing i've never actually done those things um which is why like i want to try it and i'm also like i also want to try extreme winter camping because that sounds fun extreme <laughs> winter camping <laughs> Yeah, like you do, um, you put up a tent in the middle of like six foot of snow, you know? <laughs> no big deal. Because why don't. not? No big deal. Like you just have fun. Um, Obviously, I feel like it's better because you don't really have like most of the, the crazy animals tend to be asleep because it's hibernation time. So you're only really going to be expecting maybe a couple. Very rarely you might encounter like wolves or anything. So I actually don't even doubt. I actually doubt that I will even see one um but yeah like it's and also like i want to invest in a nice tent where i don't have to prop it on the ground like i just tie it between maybe three trees and i'll be suspended above you know so like that way i don't have to worry about um how my 
what is it my my sleeping on the floor thing because you know how the ground gets really cold in the morning or at night and it can be really uncomfortable so you just have to you you just plan ahead just to really you know just to make sure that your comfort levels are at least taken into consideration so yeah just it's really fun and also like i love cold showers (laughs) like (laughs) it's unrelated unrelated to the topic but like yeah by the way cold showers um yeah it's a thing (laughs) Nate, you're such an na dom let me tell you why like when i told when i asked you about winter and your favorite activity like you went so into depth about like uh, like how it's like to like 20 yeah, other things yeah <laughs> and even like to, to camp in the snow like you'll you, you have all the little si details like planned you're like well this and then this and then this like you really thought it through and i realized that i haven't actually gotten out of it though like i would want to actually follow through the sad part about it is that they're all just ideas like i'm completely aware that it's very unlikely for me to follow through on any of what i just said um, except for maybe the cabin thing like that one I think is the most realistic because I could still schedule maybe an Airbnb type of situation in this year like I might be able to pull it off but it's just not like the rest is kind of in the air yeah. for me you know like it's what I want to do not exactly what I c- can actually yeah. do I mean I- I'd love to join somebody to help me out that'd be kind of fun <laughs> yeah um so basically like it reminded me of my friend shannon and like she's an enfp and like so you know one time like i asked her like yo what if i just like never date and like i never get married and she's like do you want to be each other's backup marriage and then and then what she said after like she she planned out like the intricacies of what it's like to like like what it would be like to get married to me and i was like this is okay i know this is a joke but like this is so si like detailed and i'm like like only an any dom would do this like like in in this way because <laughs> that's exactly what you yeah oh. it's like exactly what you did with the uh, with the camping in winter uh, yeah. like you just went you into so much right. intricacy almost like you were about to do it but you just have the entire si blueprint figured out i mean it's um, funny that you mentioned that because i used to think that accessing that kind of side of me was more under stress but then now i realize it's not just a stress hack it's more uh how passionate i feel feel about one idea i could probably generate the steps necessary to reach it if you know what i mean like i just have to be i just have to want it hard enough if that makes sense because now that i think about it let's say i did want to do camping like i my mind's already working out the intricacies of how to get there from point a to point b and i'm going huh i guess i never really thought of myself as that way but then Granted, I'm not actually factoring a few things. Like, I haven't factored in finances or the owning an actual tent for this. So I feel like there's going to be an additional set of steps that I'm choosing to ignore um, that I'll have to come across when I, if I do want to follow through on one of my ideas. But, yeah. Yeah. Call and, it a day. For sure. How about you though? So it's if I'm a winter person, are you more of what like a summer, autumn, spring? Like, what's the the consensus? I'm a fall person, so oh. I like it when it's like a cool, like and it's like breezy and, but and everything's not- dying. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's just a true reflection of my inner state. Right? <laughs> everything dying around me. <laughs> 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 that's how being fatigued all the time feels like <laughs> and i feel like fall gets me I'm like, do you hear my inner type four 
cannot. I cannot with you. Just everyone's dying. Oh my goodness. Um, I mean, go for it, girl. Like, have fun. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. I actually don't mind. The funny thing is, is when it comes to actual climate, I do enjoy um the spring and the autumn weather more than because like sometimes too too much in the winter. Like, I love the idea of snow everywhere. But it can be kind of one inconvenient, kind of dangerous, and also too cold sometimes. Like, and I mean too cold in the sense, like, imagine if you need to go out and do groceries, it's kind of a an annoyance at that point. Um, I'm more of a, I'm I'm happy with the idea of like jumping in the snow and playing in the snow versus like living in the snow. So if I would actually pick realistically, autumn and spring fall into more of the ideal. I hate summer weather hate it yeah yeah summer is is yeah mm -mm. i i like weather that doesn't get in the way of conversation so if it's way 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 too hot or way 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 too cold and like i don't know like i can't really meet up with someone to talk deep i i get upset i don't know oh it's annoying like i i can't concentrate when it's too hot like it's just your body like you know how like at least if it's cold you can just put on clothes but then in summer you keep taking off and you're still uncomfortable so you're like Ooh. you're just a slime of your own incompetence in your bedroom it's just what is happening it's just horrible it's a horrible sequence i i don't understand i think if anything the summer is only there for if you're driving with the windows down or the ac is up then we're mm-hmm. talking, you know, then it's kind of fun because, you know, summer you can go out, hang out with friends, blah, blah, blah. But mm-hmm. aside from those things, it's like, no, I don't have time for this. <laughs> I don't have time for this heat. <laughs> like, go back to autumn, go back to spring. Like, that's just settle on that. Um, okay. <laughs> so psychic autumn, what else are your chosen? What, <laughs> what else are you, like, these chosen seasons and chosen things? How about how about tones? Like, because you mentioned having a floral wardrobe, is that typical floral wardrobe? Yeah, yeah. I typically like shirts that are like they show your shoulders. I realized that in my wardrobe. Um, <laughs> I guess okay because we're talking about my wardrobe. Um, I guess this is arbitrary, but if anyone wants to know this about me, it's like <laughs> I like lace. Um, I think it's really pretty, and I tend to like to wear like skirts or dresses. Um, I'm I'm pretty feminine with the way that I dress. <laughs> I mean, laces are fun. Like, I'll give you that. Laces are fun. Mm-hmm. Um, are you more into the colors, or like, do you have tones? I remember there was a, a bit on Twitter about like clothing kind of tones that people gravitate towards. Like, do you know what you gravitate towards, or is that more of an SI witchcraft thing that <laughs> I'm referring to? <laughs> <laughs> I I just wear whatever looks nice, but. but <laughs> Yeah, no, I have tones of, of a lot of types. Like, I have neutrals, but I also have black, and I have, like, red, and, yeah, uh, like, like, I don't know. I like, I'm very muted. Like, in a lot of the things, a lot of my, but a lot of my color game comes out more in neckties, and more so than shirts. Mm-hmm. I used to do the graphic tee situation, but that, has shelved because that was so high school me so we're not Mm -hmm. doing that anymore um Mm -hmm. but yeah it's very muted it's either full black shirts or full white shirts like dress shirts 
Um, there are moments where I, because I do own quite a few patterns too, but it's just mm-hmm. not my go-to. Like I don't walk around in patterns thinking, oh my goodness, pattern. Like, no, it's, it's going to be covered up in a muted solid color sweater or solid jacket. Like <laughs> we're going in that direction. It's, it's so, um, I don't know why that is. Like, I don't know why I'm like approaching fashion in such a boring way. I mean, if you were to look at it from that purely if you were to think in context that color or patterns are exciting, like I'm actually quite the opposite in that way. I prefer things to be very neutral and muted and minimal. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I guess because I expected that my personality would carry on because <laughs> I am way more louder than my clothes. Mm-hmm. You don't want your clothes to outshine you. <laughs> so clothing wise, muted colors. Um, yeah, I'm more muted. And then you're definitely, uh, yeah, we're, we're not, well, neither of us are high sensors. So we don't really have an eye for those things. I don't know if you, if you relate to that statement. Yeah, I, th- I totally agree. I totally agree. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's so different. I just, I don't know. Like, I'm just been trying to think about, it. I'm like, mm, I can't, like, another thing I don't really do much is shoes. I'm not, a, I don't care. <laughs> Like, I I have friends who are way more stylish than I am. Like I really like I have friends who I don't know how they do it, but they all about that life. And it's cool. And I actually take a few how do I put this? I actually um I would take some pointers from them when it comes to fashion choices because it's so hard mm-hmm. to to even do it. Like I don't know, like I just I feel like it's hard to just incorporate it by myself. I don't really mm-hmm. I don't care enough if that makes sense so we're like we're not gonna do that so instead we're just gonna be you know chill with it and yeah i mean my take was if my shoes was the only thing you're looking at something must be wrong like my eyes are up here (laughs) (laughs) right like why are you looking at people's feet like it's just in like wonder's question like what it's like, am I not appealing here? Like, what's happening? Like, I just, no. It, it, plus, I also think that my voice over up here is louder than whatever my feet's doing. So I don't understand the connection. Unless, oh, unless you're a dancer, then why not with the shoes, right? Like, I, it, to me, it has to make sense because you can't just be looking at shoes by itself. Like, if you dance, maybe show off some shoes. Now, I can, I can actually accept that. I'd be like, yeah, because if you were to, you know, bust a move, obviously we're looking at your legs and like the intricate movements you're making. So, you know, make it pretty. Have fun. Um, see, like it's just things need to make sense. If it doesn't make sense, I, I can't I can't even begin to incorporate it into my life because it doesn't like it doesn't compute. So <laughs> I, what is I what's your take on this? Like <laughs> you are you the opposite of me or like what's the handle on the you seem to have a lot of experience nate where you're objectified you're like don't look at my shoes look at my personality <sighs> I, this is this is what sx blind is like i don't like being objectified <laughs> well no it's not so much i guess it's not so much as objectifying but um I, I just i don't feel the need to use other parts of me to generate attraction like i think that's probably why i go back to that whole i like being a ghost type because I like to leave a minimal impact. If I showed up and left an imprint, that's not leaving a minimal impact. That means you've you're gonna remember me, which is weird. <laughs> <laughs> so why I feel it's weird, but 
I, I feel it's weird. Like I get a weird, like my feelings are get all bothered by it. I'm like, ew, like, no, go away. Like, forget about me. Go about your life. Like, I don't need that. So that could just be my nine speaking. So. Yeah, that is so cool. I, I love that. And and so I guess uh, shoes aside, you know, uh, let, let's, let's bring the, the conversation this way. So there's a game that I really like, and it's called We're Not Really Strangers, if you know about it. I have and, not heard about this game. Please continue. What's this game about? Yeah, it's basically where you get a group of your friends and you ask each other deep questions. <laughs> <laughs> and so, mate. Is this even a game at this point? Like, that sounds like something normal friends would do, right? They are. But oh, and this, this, is and like, this is the friendship that doesn't do that. Anyways, go ahead. Go ask. What's the what kind of questions are we ex- um expecting? For sure. So, Nate, what questions are you trying to answer most in your life right now? Wow, loaded questions all the way. What questions am I trying to answer? Um, well, let's put it this way. Um, happiness, because mm-hmm. I have a hard time feeling content. Um, even though outwardly it looks like i'm very content or it looks like i'm very zen you know like i ha- I always talk a lot about energies and being you know regulation and uh trying to be calm and asmr and body scan meditate like i'm very much pretending or trying to be some kind of hippie but i feel like a lot of that is just not so much as a mask but i feel like a lot of it are efforts to compensate for the feeling that I actually lack contentment in my life. And it's just like a struggle to like um balance the two, if that makes sense. Again, it's very yeah. it's very contradictory again, like very paradoxical. Like how do you talk about so much about calmness and then be internally not calm? But yeah. Yeah, I think 99.9% of people don't really know what, like, happiness truly is. Like, they might pretend that they know it through, like, social media or stuff. But everyone's just kind of trying to look for it in different ways. Oh, and so absolutely. I'm wondering, yeah, like, so what are the obstacles to you feeling truly content? Um, I think because I have a lot of uh, projects and goals that I want to complete. But then... I think that comes along with my my type as well, where it's just really hard to follow through and finish a lot of the things that I started because um, you get distracted. is like another thing. Um, I don't really necessarily blame myself when I do get distracted because I feel like at the end of the day, I, it was a choice that I made that I chose and I'm responsible for my choices. But it is... I feel like I put... like You know those people who... Who did? Who dug themselves their own holes? If that makes sense, I feel mm-hmm. like I've done that to myself, and I don't know if this is universal with humanity as a whole. Like everyone's kind of their own biases and their own kind of coping mechanisms are basically them digging their own holes, and then we, as the you know, as an adult now and generating self awareness, is struggling to spend the rest of our years trying to claw out of that hole and just reach a well a level of contentment that is both fulfilling as well as rewarding so mm-hmm. yeah yeah you know something casual to talk about over coffee <laughs> <laughs> look these are where the conversations are at okay 
Mate. Yeah. So, well, how about you then? Like, what what questions are you trying to answer in your laugh? Uh, I guess on the topic of happiness, like, I'm wondering what creates like sustaining foundational happiness for people, and it all comes down like to me, like it's like true intimacy. So a lot of people, I think, they have friendships, but sometimes they they don't have people who truly get their 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 being, and and mm-hmm. so I think like people there's a a sort of contentment that feels like full body if when you are surrounded by people who understand you and that you like so Brene Brown talks a lot about it right so it's like people you can be vulnerable with you know and that you can be emotionally naked with I know like you I think you and Kat have talked about this before where I don't know like you, you you talked about how you feel like Kat just sees you and like you're kind of emotionally naked whether or not you want it. <laughs> well, that's with a lot of um, FE bases, actually. Quite a few of them. Um, and I think it I, well, it, it does work a little bit both ways because in the socio, we're, we're both each other's demonstrative function or demonstrative mm-hmm. element. So it does come into the math a lot. I definitely would say that, um, I mean, I can I read, I read Cat for Filth anyway and it's hilarious and she can do it to me and i do like even with my friends in real life like i re roast each other quite often and it's funny like it's i think something about somebody who just sees you for you you know warts and all is so rewarding to have because if you don't have that kind of grounding or that tether that it might make you at risk of being delusional. If you know what I mean? Like it just it could be difficult to reconcile reality if you're always being told good things about you. I feel like you also need to have somebody to kind of knock you off your high horse every now and then and be like, yo, I think it's a little too much, or you're just saying that to say that. Right? Like you just need someone to call you out. And I think that's really important to have a for like to to factor or to consider into having a good um thriving life, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like the the delusionalness that you're talking about, or this like false sense of grandiosity, comes oh, yeah. when people have an inflated sense of self because they can't really see themselves, so they kind of lose themselves. So basically, friends are there to help you not lose yourself. Whether Absolutely. it means you're in yes. a overly positive image or overly negative image, they're there yeah. to like keep. Oh you. yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Delusion of grandeur is terrible. Like I've, I think there's so many situations that I could say that I've encountered quite a few people who they don't have friends who call them out, so they mm-hmm. often operate thinking that their opinions are not so much. Okay, maybe this is gonna sound weird, but. It's not that they think that their opinions are valid. It's that they think that their worldview is on par with what's realistic and what's actually practical. So situations where they'll demand or project expectations off of people, off of things, and then not really realize that everybody is all, everyone's working to kind of fulfill their own wants and dreams but then they're kind of bulldozing other people because they don't have that idea of an external sense of self that they could be aware that other people are struggling to. So it comes off as they're using other people and it just, it's very, I don't know, maybe this is, this is my word choice, but it just looks unethical 
to me, like that kind of going about in life. Like if that's how you're going to navigate the world, it feels unethical. Absolutely. I, I agree. And I wonder where it comes from. So like, I wonder if it comes from like people not knowing about unconditional love and when you don't know about unconditional love because you've never really been shown it by family or friends, then you start to go through your life feeling like you need to prove something to life or that you have to be something. And so, you know, people, mm-hmm. they either become, like, really cocky or something or, like, they beat themselves up a lot because they 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 kind of believe they have something to prove to the world, you know? Well, here's and the thing, we, too. It's so... The thing is, with that kind of thinking is the common. Like, that's the the general feelings of other people. Like, when someone's genuinely confident, sometimes people mistake that as arrogance and they feel like they're overcompensating. But that's because the greater majority of people are insecure and overcompensating because of the insecurity. And it sucks because in a way, that is what makes it kind of unfair because you have people, you know, genuinely trying to get better and they are trying to be more positive people, but then they're kind of being dismissed by the greater majority who kind of been conditioned to believe that, you know, the world is can't be, can't allow people like that because <laughs> everyone's supposed to suffer together. And it's like, yes, but that should be the fact that we know we're suffering together, but that's why we're trying to ri- raise, rise up, not as tear everybody down. But I think it's just the, the methods of which people will try to go from one, one point to the other that where they make those mistakes kind of thing. Yeah, it's like we should all cooperate because we're all suffering rather than, you know, make each other suffer even more. <laughs> exactly. Like I don't I don't understand. Like it's why does it mean that if one person is happy, you can't share in that happiness. You have to make the other person feel unhappy so that you're so like the whole misery loves company type of thing where it it seems better to just all be miserable together, which it it bothers me because I I'm a I'm more of a what what's the word that I used before? I think it's I'm an I'm a positive nihilist in the most I guess literal of terms. Um and what it means to me is that I know that everything is not worth it, or like there's everything's just kind of zilch and zero, but that mm-hmm. means I can project then the expectation and it comes along to what I value that's so important. So I'm doing the things that I'm doing because I genuinely and I guess authentically want to have meaning from life because i know that there is no meaning so it's i'm not going to make it someone else's problem my existence if that makes you know that's connecting any dots because you know how like some nihilists are like or at least how the, the the typical belief is well if everything's kind of zero and not worth it then let's just not do anything and i'll just die and i'm like well i already know we're do we're going there so why not put in some work like i feel like the typical nihilistic thinking is more lazy because it sounds like an excuse to not want to help other people because you don't want to put in the effort to at least leave a mark on someone even if you think it's inevitable or like you think that everything's just going to go down in flames anyway but then i mean my kind of thinking is so if that's going to be what it is why not make it a party why not have fun while you're doing that why not help other people in the process so at least when you leave, you didn't like cause more problems for other people, you know. <laughs> it doesn't like, like, compute. Like, it just, <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. Positive nihilism is a is a belief system I see a lot of ENFPs hold. Like I have an ENFP in my area who always talks about like, you know, she's going to become earthworms one day and that and she doesn't believe in an afterlife, but like that's what's freeing about life, you know. She says that, you know, Absolutely. imagining Words are gonna eat her up. She loves that. And also there's Alana on Twitter and she also is about positive nihilism too. So it seems to be like an ENFP thing. <laughs> it probably is. I mean, about that whole thing. I actually yeah, I really don't believe that there's an afterlife. I really think that probably gonna turn into maggots one day. Which I mean, if I'm going to give back to the earth, how much more so like near the end of my life where I really give back all of my atoms, like all of the matter that make up who I am to help, uh, what is it? To help give the earth back the life, you know, turn me into fertilizer <laughs> and then just nourish the soil of which I was buried in. Like, you know, make it happen or that or just turn me into ashes and then throw me somewhere fun. <laughs> <laughs> you want to die in a type seven way. You just want to be thrown somewhere fun. <laughs> somewhere, well, because I also don't want to leave behind, you know what I don't really like in funerals? Like, uh, the crying, which I know is necessary because I'm not trying to invalidate the grieving process. But I always believed, at least personally, I always thought that funerals are a celebration of a person's life, not the griefing of someone who just died. Because we could do that on our own. It's kind of how I feel. Or you could invite something else to make it happen. But usually in the funeral sermon or the service, um, People talk about, like, this person was this kind of person growing up, and then you have, they share all these experiences that they went through, and all of their good traits, and how they've affected and, you know, helped out the people who are in that room. To me, that's beautiful. Like, that kind of situation. So it made, starts to, it's starting to make me think that it is a celebration of life. So if that was how, going from that idea, why not make it a true celebration? You know, like if I knew I was going to die tomorrow, then we're going to party tonight because I want to make sure that if I leave my leave the planet, then I left people with a good memory to of me as well. It's like if I hate leaving an impact, but if I were to leave an impact, it would go in that direction because I feel like it's so much more inconvenient if I were to just leave it and then like be mean to everybody. Because I would knew that was going to be because I was going to die the next day or something like that doesn't make sense to me. Like, why would I do that? I don't want to cause any more issues than it is. Let's just have fun, and then give people the energy that they can do to last the next morning, to wake up and feel charged to try on. I hate that I sound like this. <laughs> I sound like a typical NFP. <laughs> do you get like I'm starting to sound all inspirational? I'm like ew. Bleh. <laughs> yeah i was noticing that right you caught that i caught it i was like ew why am i sounding like i'm trying to like inspire somebody whoever's listening to this episode lord have mercy okay <laughs> like just no <laughs> oh my goodness i don't know why what happened to me i don't know what is going on but that is oh lord um yeah so that those are my feelings (laughs) (laughs) you you just really want to leave people off on a high note like you want people to be happy you know i mean i was okay let's let's i can go dark a little bit um (laughs) i mean i was present when a person died 
And not that this affected me. Well, it did. But in, I would like to say that having had that experience of seeing like a dead body. Um, and so context, um, I was told to revive or resuscitate somebody like back in the Philippines. But they apparently they had already died the night before. Um, and people were just finding out in the morning and they were just getting him to rush to the hospital. But the doctors, you know, I found this about later where the doctor um, pretty much pronounced him dead on arrival to the hospital. But um, at the time, I felt that the guy was still alive. So it felt odd that, it, that as if I didn't have an effect on him, like I couldn't have I couldn't help him. Um in the moment because i was rudely awakened and they're like we need you to help somebody like give him like um first aid or something and i was like oh okay and then i couldn't even do that so it felt like i couldn't do anything not knowing that he was already dead prior but it also didn't really help that the guy's eyes were open he was staring at me (laughs) i mean it's a funny story now like looking back i've got i've moved on but it's all of those factors that kind of played into my idea of like, I don't want to leave people like that. You know, like I don't want to have to have a heart attack in the middle of the night and leave people with nothing but a mystery. Like I'd rather that all of my happiness be expressed, exposed and expressed when I die. So Yeah. Yeah. That that is a profound like life philosophy and so i was wondering like throughout that story you had the urge to laugh throughout the dark I, story i had to it's so I, I realized that like <laughs> you know he's like whenever they're telling you like a super dark story um they'll go like ha 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 ha, ha after some of them like <laughs> it, it's like a way to cope maybe oh um, it's definitely my like in all honesty it is my coping sometimes my friends call me out they're like you must be like are you not taking it seriously and i'm like no i am it's just that whatever you're telling me is just so dark i don't really have a like i don't know what to do with that information like i've had i've heard stories from like certain traumatic experiences and i don't often know what to react sometimes except oh i'm sorry that happened to you but then it feels that statement feels patronizing for me to say or it feels like unempathetic not saying that my laughter is anything better it's just that i would hope that i'm trying to remove the tension and to make it less uncomfortable but of course i'm achieving the opposite effect so we're still trying to find the happy balance between my coping mechanism and actually trying to make a person feel comfortable telling me things for sure but yeah well your coping mechanism is super charming i i actually saw someone die before too so i was um going yeah i was going to school and then i saw someone get hit by a truck um and they were like very dead very dead on impact yeah you know like when someone like it's like hit and you know they're not gonna make it because they look like a like like a fruit gusher on the floor like they're too disembodied to be alive yeah that's what happened so yeah wait this is right in front of you like what was the the background on this yeah so i was like uh, i was going to the bus stop and and that happened like there's traffic i think like the truck driver wasn't looking when he was turning and then he he turned into this guy this old man and yeah that's what old man plus truck equal very dead oh Mm -hmm. yeah this (laughs) which reminds me of a situation it has it didn't happen to me but i got a phone call from um my old co-worker 
and she was taking us because I don't know if you've heard of Vancouver Skytrains. I don't know if Toronto has that. I've heard a little bit about that. So we had like so we have Skytrains. So they're just kind of trains that are put up on like more elevated and on bridges a lot. And so she was on the she was on one of these trains heading to downtown, and I think she was already in downtown. And she noticed she found out somebody had jumped during like high top speed. So the entire like first car of this train like line is just covered. And she called me and she was like in shock walking through traffic. And she's like, this is the first time it's ever happened. And then they're saying in the announcement that there has been a, uh, a medical emergency in certain station. And then like, and she goes, yeah, the, emer- the medical emergency is because somebody jumped. And I was like, wow and she goes we joke about it or we can make light of it as much as we want to but it's it's a thing like someone tried and they succeeded and it's ridiculous when you think about it, it's actually quite ridiculous because um i don't know if so much as media has desensitized us to the effect of certain death situations um but when it does happen i'm at least no i can't say at least actually i feel like it's it was sad, it, it, and I think it still is. I actually don't even know what happened. I don't think they even released a statement because I don't know. We didn't really hear much of it, only that it had happened because my coworker was present in the same car. So, yeah, yeah. Rough, rough. It's a straight... We took a dark turn, huh? <laughs> I, I feel like it's a meaningful conversation. Um, yeah. So... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's nice to know all the ways you're traumatized. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. Um, so here's the, the next question um, from one of the cards. Do you think the image you have of yourself matches the image people see you as? I would hope so, but it's never the case. Um, and the reason why I think that way is because I believe that in other people's minds that they have an idea of me. And that that idea of me is what they're satisfied and content with. Whether or not that idea is accurate um, at all is not really my problem in a way. Because I I kind of see myself as... like I used to be very concerned about if I'm being seen right or if I'm understood or if I need to explain or prove myself. Like all of that concept. But I don't do that anymore. Because I found that, well, one, I'm fighting a losing battle, but also I feel like it's so much more delicious to prove them wrong than to fight so hard to prove them right, Mm -hmm. in a way. So, yeah, like, my image with other people don't actually match. Like, I mean, it partly goes into my whole paradoxical personality, too. Like, are you both quite aware of your feelings and also detached from your feelings at the same time? So, there's... A lot that can be like for like, some people they see me as a really tough blunt on like really sometimes almost radically honest uh personality and it seems as if i don't have a lot of empathy and then for other people i'm like this puppy that just is so so you know energetic and very hyper and loves to jump around and all that kind of like it's very different with depending on the person and i think how it comes how it came to that i think is because 
the context, the first impressions that happened with that person became that. Like, I feel like the idea of me that this other person had of me turned into its own personality. And I just play that card when I'm hanging out with that person. Um, And I think it's an indicator of how close this person is to me when they see that and want a different side and are like they start asking questions like well you can't be this all the time and then that level of curiosity opens the door for them to see how multifaceted i actually am mm-hmm. yes and then that You're- kind of determines if they're really my friends or not like close friends that is yeah they have to know your multifacetedness. <laughs> Which, I mean, the thing is, is I think that's a common, like, I feel like everyone's multifaceted. Like, that's another thing, too. Like, I really do think that everyone is uniquely different and interesting. It's just that I also feel that people cannot handle complexities that well or doesn't really have a mind that's open for gradient thinking. So what ends up happening is they are satisfied with only an idea of you. But sometimes those people... I'm like that idea of me of in their head is probably better than who I am. And I feel like that's totally fine because I don't really see them as often enough for me to, to bother to change their minds. I mean, if that was going to be a frequent kind of hangout, you're going to see more sides of me eventually. But if I'm only going to see once, then that first impression is all you're going to have. I'm not going to be upset about it. Yeah, you're you're right. Everyone is like a complicated human being, but we all reduce other people into like this one dimensional thing. So, you know, there's this um saying that like if you think someone's boring, you just haven't asked the right questions yet. Ooh, and- I like that. Yeah. Oh, I like mm-hmm. that. That's a good good Yeah, no, I love that a lot. It's because you haven't asked enough. Um oh gosh, maybe that's why my friendships are so interesting now cuz like I I've called out and asked questions to my friends because I want to see more. Like, I'm just, I'm not happy with or I'm not satisfied with uh, with a person just being all that in a bag of chips. Like it's just I want more than that. I want the fried chicken. I want the pancakes. I want <laughs> I want the versatility in the relationship. You can't just be one thing because I, I feel like reduce like you said like reducing somebody to just one thing is i'm gonna go back to my saying i think it's unethical (laughs) i'm gonna go back to that i just think a lot of things are unethical so there we are there you have it (laughs) that that is true that's and it's unethical and you're you're not doing justice to that person and who they are because you're kind of like you're not like I don't know. It's like looking down on someone before you have the chance to get to know who that person is. Is not oh, giving same. them. A I do that all the time, though. Like, let's be honest. Like in full, <laughs> in full, in full radical honesty, I am quite judgmental. Like that is definitely something I struggle with. Now I say struggle, and because that's what people tell me that I should struggle with, but I have such a good time. Like I know we all judge everybody, so. Even if we don't express it, I'm just trying to do, I'm just trying to have fun. But um, I forgot my point, but I I just found it amusing (laughs) to just be like, like, go judge. It's for free anyway. Like, as long as you don't hurt the person. (laughs) Yeah, they say that fun is the buzzword of 
the type seven. You're like, I just want to have fun. I you said that so many I'm times. I'm just here to party. Like, I'm, that is entirely my narrative. I'm just here to party. I don't really know what every, like, I want to be the person that floats above the drama, but I also want to watch the drama. Because, <laughs> like, why, like, if when you think about, it, like, a lot of reality TV, I hate being a part of the drama. To me, it just stresses me out. Like, I turn into this very, like, oh, I'm not about the drama. I'm not about this life. Good vibes only. <laughs> I hate myself for it. But when it's somebody else is going through something, I I, I want to watch. Like, I want to know. It's I'm a ho- it's horrible. It's such a bad. It's such a. It's kind of like that whole um the traff the car accident situation where it's so bad but you can't stop looking yeah that's kind of how i feel about drama and i like that it when it happens i just don't want to be involved like it's it's horrible to be involved in i usually play the role of the person that um that the the person who's going through the drama is talking to you know like the person's like i'm going through so much and then i'm the one that says oh let's talk about it Half of me is genuinely empathetic, and then the other half of me is like, "Oh my goodness, drama! Yay! Like, tell me." So, it fulfills both of those factors for me. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's very interesting. Interesting. How about for you, what about for you? What's the gig? The gig? Oh, what is the question again? Uh, well, the first question that you asked me um, before we got into this drama thing, what was it? Um, yeah, the, the, does the image I have of myself match how others see me? Um, yes. So I guess that for me, I... No, I, I don't feel like the image that I, like, feel... Like, I don't know, like, it's... Because, like, I feel like, like, so I, right now I'm, like, kind of depressed and I'm anxious. And so what what a lot of people see is, like, how depressed and anxious I seem sometimes. Like, even when I laugh sometimes, um, <laughs> I had an FI Dom friend. He's like, you know, Joyce, it kind of seems like you're, you're stabbed in the stomach, you know, when you laugh. Um, he doesn't mean that in a rude way, but he means it in a way that, like, you sound like you're in pain when you laugh. Um, and I guess that's... I'm red to filth. Yeah, and and so I don't feel like I'm like an an image of myself that I feel like is okay because I, I feel like because when I asked when I reversed the question to ask you, I kind of already had a hint of the answer. Um, I doubt neither either of us actually has a image that's very take it like this is me, take it or leave it situation because I think for another part we're very accommodating people too, so our images kind of meld and adapt depending on who we're talking to. Exactly. So it's kind of hard to maintain some kind of grounded personality in that way. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I guess I like... Okay. Wrong. I actually don't think it's wrong. I just think that it's a phenomenon. You know, like it's an actual phenomenon. I I do. I do. It, uh, I also think it's it's part in like... I don't feel like I can really be the person that I am while I'm sad because all people see is the sad and then they don't see anything else. So that's where it goes. I don't know. Um, so anyways, but that's like a, a bout of honesty about myself. Maybe I shouldn't be sharing this much, but I'm like, eh. That what, is what fascinating though, because I mean, it goes back to what I was talking about being multifaceted. A sadness is just another side of you. It's not all of you, but I feel like maybe that's, Again, going back to the people who 
only see people as one thing or doesn't really possess a gradient type of thinking that they can't make space that when someone is sad this is not their default you know like that the thought process of reminding themselves that the person they're looking at who's being sad is not the default that they are it's just that this is just a side of them that they're showing or comfortable showing right yeah yeah but okay i guess it harshes on my self-esteem because like if people can notice my sadness it kind of feels like i'm a skunk and like i'm spraying my oh skunk you're, you're repelling people. yeah but it's also it's like yeah it, it feels like i'm off-putting and it hurts you know because <laughs> i'm sorry that is fascinating. Now I'm trying to think about it because usually, from what I know, it's usually when somebody is feeling a certain way. Um, and by by what I by what I mean by saying usually, I actually mean gen- generally speaking. Um, mm-hmm. When someone is sad, you're supposed to kind of attract empathetic people to like ask you what's wrong. So you're saying like, has that been the opposite experience for you? Mm. I I have had empathetic people like kind of like hunt me down like i don't know so wild <laughs> choice running around someone's like oh she looks sad shoots her down <laughs> like we're taking her <laughs> away. oh okay so like what what happens like when you're a content creator like yourself nate like when your friends watch your your content they can tell what guests that you like talking to or what guests that i don't know how you're feeling that day like i have like sometimes i have like friends messaging me going like you didn't like that guest (laughs) or or they'll go like um or they'll go like um hey joyce you seem like you're down that day and i'm like i really just i'm not allowed to hide anything as like a, a public figure like people can tell and i'm like i don't even know what i'm feeling and then they, they know it's you weird can't lie about it i can't lie <laughs> that's okay because um yeah no because like for me i have this uh i want to say fake but i have like a, like my standard perky attitude shows up whoever depend who de- doesn't really matter who i'm talking to um, unless that person is actively trying to put me down, but usually I have a standard, like one size fits all feeling, um, during recording, but I get what you mean in a way I've, no, I haven't had that happen to me though. I haven't had a person call me out and be like, you didn't really enjoy that situation. <laughs> usually I'm the one that's texting the other person. Is it, is it because you have a three in your try type and I don't have a three? Because three, um, I think it's also FI. Because I think a lot of people who are FE, um, I usually tend to message the FE and I tell them. So I guess you were really uncomfortable with that guest you had earlier, and then they're like, "How did you know?" I'm like, "I don't know. It just seems that you weren't being yourself." And then they're like, "Oh yeah, I am. I wasn't myself. I'm a monster." And I'm like, "What?" <laughs> I was like, you got you guys are hilarious. Like y'all think that just because for one moment suddenly it's like the end of the world, you're fine. Everything is okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, it could be three and it could be an FI thing. I think it two things kind of go hand in hand in that situation because I smell the scent of intention, the stench, the foulness of it. And then I also have a mask all the time. So even though I don't try to, actually, about that mask concept, I don't think i do it to be fake i do it to be productive because mm-hmm. i cannot be around crying constantly can you imagine like i just me always just 
throwing everything around and just being like a because my because my mind's thinking well regulate your feelings man like you have work to do so right like it's just yeah. how i feel about it so well there we go um that is fascinating though i mean i that is very true about feo you guys can't really lie about it and that's actually that's- kind of funny it's in a way I, as an FI, can't really tell you guys to switch it up or change it up because I feel like that defeats the purpose of the authenticity mm-hmm. and the genuineness that you all are trying to project. So a lot of the times, I just don't really tell you. Like, I wouldn't tell them. Like, I know with my friend, I actually don't even tell them sometimes um, what I think they're feeling. I'd rather that they use it because I think of it as if I tell them it kind of ruins the purity of the moment. If I don't tell them, then they have the, what's the lawyer word? It's a lawyer term. It's like they have reasonable. um, No, it's not the right word. It's not reasonable. They have reasonable deniability. If that makes sense. Like what it is, is for example, like if they really don't like a person, they can't, you know, they can't hide it. Right. But at least they can say to the person, oh, I'm sorry, I'm just having a hard time. I'm having a hard day and you're really unpleasant to me and they have all these good TI reasons. If I had told them prior that they didn't like that person, that's all they're going to think about and they might as well just not even show up at the party. Mm. And so I don't need that. Like I want them to go there. So to to party and to like interact and because again, it's not even up to me to decide it's up to them to decide because they also, with TI, you guys want to decide on your own if you like a person or not. And you can't really do that with, uh, like, well, with me as FI, I can just smell if I like a person or not. That's easy for me. But then for you guys, you have to have the conversation. You have to have the the situation happen. So it's unethical of me to demand that from you guys. So we're not going to do that. Instead, I'm going to trust that y'all can actually handle the weight of that social interaction which actually happens to be the case all the time because fe is actually way more (laughs) capable of handling the waves and waves of humans than someone like me who just puts up a wall and leaves so right it doesn't make a difference for me to tell them to change what they're doing because they already know what makes them like useful and talented on their own so i just let them have it does that make yeah. sense? I feel like I'm talking in t- FITE mode and it sounds like alien. Like it sounds uh, like I'm like scientifically trying to define a relational distance. <laughs> but that's really how my mind, like I see it as math. And so I'm not going to like force a person to like demand them of a function that they don't have because that's unfair to ask a person that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love how you say it's unethical whenever you're trying to say it's wrong to do you're like it's unethical (laughs) you have many iconic catchphrases like you always say like i'm here to party it's unethical and i don't know you'll make sound effects too sometimes i I think a lot of (laughs) i think a lot of things are unethical i think no because i i feel as though the concept of right and wrong is such a and this is probably controversial of me to say is very adaptable for me. I don't really um, necessarily adhere to moral absolutism, that it doesn't make sense. There's often always 
you almost always in this world have to explain, rationalize, justify some kind of ethical you have. Sometimes you can't even, you're not even allowed to just think it's wrong or not. Like there has to be a reason behind it. Um, but aside from it, I also feel like the true ethics has, is coming from a different place, but it's still an adaptable thing. Like I think of it, I, if, oh gosh, I'm going to get to full feeler language here. It feels alive. Like I feel like the concept, a lot of our concepts that are very emotional or value-based are, I can't compare it to a systematic thing. I think of it as a living thing. It, because it's like an ecosystem that you could also describe as a living thing because it compi- comprises of living things working together, dynamic, pushing and growing, pulling and shrinking, you know, every day. So I like to think that the world is beautifully complex like that and that it's okay that it's complex. Trying to simplify and systematize, which isn't a word, I don't think, um, a lot of these concepts defeats the purpose that the concepts were meant to be beautifully complex to begin with. Am I making sense? Yeah, you're totally making sense. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm relying on your NI to connect the dots for me. Like, <laughs> I'm going into this weird meta, and I could feel like only NI could get me in this situation, because I feel like people listening are like, what is he talking about now? Um, but right, like, am I... <laughs> At least, if at least to you, does it make sense what I'm trying to say? Yeah, it's like to reduce something to a certain set of like standards or like wrong or right, like it reduces the complexity of it. So it, Which, I feel I'm like hearing. also reduces the value of it. Yeah. Like it's worth mm-hmm. it, kind of goes away. Um, I also think that a lot of the times our world, our life is complex for a reason. And I think that trying to find simple solutions is a sign of laziness. And I also think that if you have a complicated problem, you need a complicated solution, not a simplified solution to solve it. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. People, they have like dualistic thinking, black or white. Like they'll go like, oh, it's this, you know. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like how Trump will go like, it's it's the Chinese who've started all of this coronavirus, you know. And I like I, I understand the desire to blame one source or to like to to point fingers, but it's more like complicated than than blaming one one place. I don't know. Sorry if that was a no, no, no. It makes sense to me because um, a lot of the times we use blaming as a containment method to contain um right like you you point fingers at people because you want it to be easier that way because at least only one person has to take responsibility whereas the truth is everyone takes responsibility yes absolutely 100 percent, ten thousand percent and so the next question for us nate <laughs> what has been your earliest recollection of happiness Ooh. That is a fascinating question. Earliest recollection. Um, I'll have to dismantle that question, actually, quite so, because I think the term happiness itself is very broad, if that makes sense. Um, Mm -hmm. 
because I feel as though I've had a lot of me- moments that are happy. Mm-hmm. You know, like I could look back and I have a lot of comedic moments where there's just genuine laughter. But I've also recently mm-hmm. learned that there is a thing of principled happiness, which mm-hmm. is a little bit more, um, it's deeper. You may not always show it, like you may not look smiling, but you could feel it inside as very real. Um, so I'm going to go with that latter description or that latter phenomenon of principled happiness versus just a superficial mm-hmm. one. And I feel mm-hmm. like the, the deeper ones are often the smaller moments that we sometimes take for granted, like being in sync with your friends and being on the same page with them makes me happy. Um, having a day where, you know, everything is, well, it just, like, were you, like, a good, maybe this is going to be very SPDOM of me in the Enneagram, but when you're lying in bed, the temperature is just right. It, the ultimate pinnacle of coziness is happiness. Mm. The recent recollection would be more so the bed than the friend thing because I haven't hung out with my friends for a while yet now. So maybe the bed thing is much more of a recollection of happiness. But um, yeah, I kind of believe that it's very the minimal things make up the most in life because those are the things that we remember versus what we think we're supposed to be pursuing. Yeah. 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 That's profound. I love that. (laughs) I mean, right? Like, I think that the thing is, is I don't think it's new, my kind of thinking. I think this is something, this, I feel like this has been passed down to me from other people's opinions. And I just happen to kind of experience it here now in the adult life because I was always told that it's always the little things that matter. And I never Mm -hmm. really got that. But it, it because no one really could describe what does it mean to be the little things. So the truth was the little things were more so the little intangible connections you've make you've made with other people that stay with you, that you personally kind of warms your heart or pulls at the heartstrings or, um, you know, like some people I would say describe it in an opposite sense, like those who like to be in the heat of battle to feel the absolute prime of their strength and being in the full control or in the full giving submission to their adrenaline is what they, makes them happy. You know, like it's just that little moment of feeling so in tune with themselves. And I'm like, I don't have that, but I can kind of draw parallels that mine is a little bit different, but I feel like the situation, the feeling is the same. Mm-hmm. And it's not new. I don't think this is new stuff. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Too many people living on this planet already. We've probably someone's already come across this. It's not me. <laughs> so. Yeah, they say that wisdom is shared or wisdom is collective. So, if something is said that's wise, it's been something that's been passed down by centuries. I it's like totally agree with that. I mean, I think that's also kind of Asian. Um, concepts and philosophies too right like there's a because i know in a lot of the eastern it doesn't have to be asian though it could be an eastern thing like just the ancestor references um i mean the passing down of idioms and you know like your old words or family quotes and things is an actual thing Mm -hmm. i mean my dad still quotes 
old ancient Tagalog idioms. Like it's and he was born in 1961. Like it's just like he's not exactly that. I mean, of course he's getting older now, but when you think about it, he's not that old and he didn't wasn't actually alive during those ancient things, but that's what stayed. And so I feel like we pass down in the next generations wisdoms. And I also think that um while experience can be a good teacher, it's not the only teacher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Like, I mean, people, us being low sensors, for example, we probably avoid a lot of the experiential wisdoms because we focus on insights instead. Absolutely. Yeah. Right? right? Like, I feel like a lot, and this probably isn't supposed to be as a read or as a roast to sensors, but I feel like they have to often walk into disaster or catastrophes or problems for them to realize that it's real. A lot of the times they tend to be quite confident that they can handle it because they've never experienced it yet, at least for some of the people. Um, Or they are afraid to even try anything new because they haven't tried it yet. Whereas for people who don't think like that, I could say maybe for just you and myself, and if other people can relate, then that's fine. But I think of it as, I've observed other people's disasters and catastrophes. Therefore, I now have a repertoire or a library or a catalog of data to draw from so I don't make the same mistakes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, it's just, yeah. I mean, and then the thing is, maybe I'm being biased here thinking that it's an intuitive thing. I don't think so either. Because I mean, granted, I have met a lot of impulsive intuitives. So. <laughs> that kind of defeats whatever I was talking about earlier. So it's probably not, maybe just mindfulness. (laughs) Maybe that's what it is. Maybe you just have to be more mindful of insights. I think insights are everywhere too. Like I feel like you just have to pull it out of you and be, and recognize it, but they're actually present around us. Mm -hmm. Gosh, do I sound like an NFJ? I feel like I do. (laughs) I have moments where I doubt, I'm like, what happened to me? How did I turn into this monster? <laughs> You're starting to be more grounded. Yeah, I... and, and then now I'm being surrounded by NFPs. They're teaching me how to, like, just Let go... Lose your mind. Go fall into madness. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> I, I have to say, though, it's actually fascinating. Um, and we'll go into this now, because, like... Um, I'm fascinated with the concept of incorporating NI into my life more because I may not have it as a primary. I may not be skilled in it, but, you know, taking the principles of that function and applying it into my life has been quite helpful. Like believing that my thoughts are my thoughts and that I can you know, if I thought thought about it long and hard enough, I could find, you know, I could reach a level of um, understanding a good sea, like a good ocean of possibilities, and then start to pick one. And mm-hmm. I, like, being meta between, like, within myself is actually, it's kind of, it's exhausting, by the way, like, because I'm not an NI user, like, for other people who might think that suddenly just because I talk a certain way that I'm suddenly, like, NI, it's like, no. It is work. I get tired all the time. It's probably why other NI people are tired all the time. Um, <laughs> it's, a lot of, it's a lot of work to have that kind of mindset. 
But I feel like for you NI users, you guys don't really know any other way. So there is no other way. There is no other way. Whereas for me, there's almost another way all the time. That's why I never really have like my my perky attitude kind of falls into that. Um, because my energy functions more in burst. But then I have a side of me that is focused on sustainability and preserving energy. So recognizing that I have these two contradicting and like concepts in, inside of me is kind of what allows me to kind of take into consideration NI's principles, because at least that way I can satisfy both without having to sacrifice the other and then feel horrible afterwards. Yeah, that, that is so true. The path of true integration. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, and another thing too, like, realizing that wisdom exists beyond my own generation has been so helpful, right? Because I tend to think of SI as personalized history experience. So yeah. it's very my experience, my life, my wisdom, which is fine. I have so many people who are SI who are so wise because they've lived through life, you know, like they've, they've done it all let's say they traveled everywhere they know what's what works and what doesn't and they're trying to impart this wisdom what's funny is that i will take that and compare it to another generation comparing it to a potential future generation and then comparing it to the world's like um multicultural something whatever and creating what i what i would think is my own path in the process because I will never share the same ex- the same life as this person because I have my own, right? It doesn't make mm-hmm. sense for me to think that I'm the same as another person. Um, however, I will take in you know their wisdom because that wisdom is going to help me reach whatever I want to reach in my own way. Yeah, that's right? that's amazing. Right? Just, yeah. Oh. This is me trying to. This is me. This is us being like intuitives and being like, let's talk about something deep, but let's not follow through on any of what we just said. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, snap, burn. Right? Everyone's like, oh, wow, that's so smart. And you're like, yeah, but I'm still at home. Like, right? I'm not even. By the way, this is one thing about having it as a podcast. I'm in my PJs right now. So. Right, me too. Me too. Like we don't have to dress up for this. Although sometimes I think I'd love to dress up for it, but then, nah. That's if I want to record a premium audio episode. You know, like it's just we'll just do that another day. Um, do you know how long we've been talking? Actually, it's it's one hour and forty minutes <laughs> already. Has it been? I mean, plus we kind of got paused a bit before right mm-hmm. so i think that was already a... so how about we pause it now for this one um continue this i guess another time i'll have to invite you again by the for way sure. cards? You, this is a card game yeah yeah it's called uh we're not really strangers <laughs> i i was like you because i was surprised for a second because um when you said we're not really i thought it was just a game game and i didn't think you actually had a card like prompts with it these are legit good prompts how much did you pay for this thing i think it was like 20 dollars. oh wow it's intense though this is i mean that's definitely something you'd want to bring up in these table talks 
situation. Like, let's play a game and let's like, get all really deep. We're not really strangers. What a great game. No, we'll have to do this again. Absolutely got to do this. This takes one of the, I feel like these type of conversations are supposed to take over two hours long, you know? That is true. Yeah. Because it goes deep. You got to take that time. <laughs> got to take that time. So with that being said, thank you so much, Joyce, for uh, showing up today. Like, this was a great time. I feel like people, you know what? I feel like I actually feel like people didn't get to hear much of you, though. I think you were asking you sometime during this episode, you switched it on to me. Yeah. Man, my 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 profession is interviewer. When you interview an interviewer, they're going to want to turn it back on you. Yeah, and as a <laughs> as a problematic monologuer such as myself, it actually turns out to be the case. Like things end up <laughs> you know, like I fall into that whole bad habit again. So, here's to me trying to wonder if I could, you know, come back with a with a vengeance <laughs> for something else for next time cuz lord have mercy but no this was a really fun convo i actually learned quite a bit um because you like the psychic types in pokemon yeah <laughs> I, I was gonna, gonna make a joke, I was gonna make a joke about how infjs their their job profession if you ask them as a kid who they want to be when they grow up they're gonna say fortune teller but that was too cringe of a joke so <laughs> i was gonna say it well well there we go um but yeah so till next time i will have you again and yeah plus i feel like we should now that you have that card game i feel like we should play this card game um for the next episode you know for like the next time i have you for sure i'd love to play this card game with you (laughs) and i guess for other people listening this get the we're not really strangers if you really want to make people uncomfortable which by the way i wasn't uncomfortable i actually thought it was really fun um but i feel like as an evil plan to like make somebody feel uncomfortable just bring out this game (laughs) (laughs) and then make it a drinking game like if they don't want to answer the question they have to take a shot i don't know it's just my mind I, I feel like it can get it can get really fun. So, anyways, yes. So get the game um, and get some tequila, and then like call it a night. Um, and yeah, till next time, Joyce. All right. Yeah, lovely speaking to you, Nate. Your podcast is wonderful, and so are you. And I'll see you around. Awesome. <laughs>